Growing a successful design business is hard work. There's so much to do and so little time to get it all done, not to mention the actual design work. The good news is that we are here to help. I'm Krista, the WordPress developer and website strategist from KristaRay.co. And I'm Corey, the designer and creative coach from CoreyWoodard.com. In the Get Back to Design podcast, we're going to share strategies and tools to help streamline and grow your design business, ditch the code and anything else you don't love, and well, get back to design. Grab a cup of coffee, open that Illustrator file you've been working on, and let's dive in. You guys, I am so, so excited to have our guest on today. I feel like I say that for every single guest, but this is a special exception because I actually met Amber through a couple of friends that I went to high school with. Um, We virtually met a couple of years ago, and I have been just such a big fan of her work and her business since then. Amber actually runs Copperheart Creative, and that is a Nashville-based collective of creativepreneurs connected by their desire to build a great virtual branding agency experience. So Amber stands out because she started Copperheart when she was just 24 years old, and she went on to kind of build it out by handpicking talented creative business owners who have just as big of hearts as hers just in terms of serving others. So she has a really big vast experience working with local clients, which I know not that many designers do. So today I wanted to dig all into Amber's mind and whatnot about creating a team since that's what she did and also working with local clients. So Amber, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. That was such a lovely intro. I'll tip you later. <laughs> My personal hype <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Our intros are definitely like a personal hype man Seriously. for our guests. I need to listen to that every morning when I get ready and just feel like, yes, and like pump myself up. <laughs> yes. This is what I am. This is what I have done. I can tackle today. <laughs> yes. Amen. <laughs> so just to kind of uh, dive in here, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself? So how you uh, got started with your business and what your journey has looked like up until now? Yes, of course. This is my favorite story to tell, Um, but it feels like it was just yesterday. Um, But yet it also feels like it was a billion years ago because, you know, when you're so deep in your business, you forget where you came from and like how fast time flies when you're having fun, like (laughs) wink, wink. (laughs) Um, So I got started my business. My background is in branding agencies. So I worked at branding agencies for five years before I ever even thought about starting my own business. And I was a little bit of a job jumper. So I always say that I was an entrepreneur at heart, but in the heat of the moments, I just could never really find that job that that fit perfectly with what I wanted to do. Um, All being different scenarios, but I got a little bit of experience in different areas of how to run a business, how to manage clients and work with teams and working remotely versus working in an office. So um, I definitely had a lot of experience and I don't regret any of those um, jobs. They've all led me here. So that's incredible. Um, 
So my last job that I worked at, it was a little bit of a toxic environment, which sometimes agencies can sway that way if they're not controlled by the right um, intentions. And so um, we were in a staff meeting and I finally, I was the art director at the time and I just was like, I am done. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> like, I can't believe it. it was just like falling out of my mouth, like word vomit. And oh my gosh, it's like the mean girls. It's like, no real vomit. <laughs> but it was just like, everyone always dreams to do that in a movie. And I don't know why I just like, it was on my heart. And I just kept feeling like it like coming out. And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Like, this is not the way this is not where I saw this to go. I had been looking at other jobs, like just doing my research, but nothing fell through. Like, I've never really looked for a job before in my quote unquote job jumping experiences. Um, but it, and everything was falling through. All these doors were closing. And I was just after accidentally quitting, I'm like, well, there's no going back now. And so <laughs> I just started, I was like, I guess I'll do freelance. And side note, I did sign up for Uber and Lyft, but I was just like, I've never driven to this day, but that was my like backup <laughs> plan. You know, like if the world <laughs> is just like, I'm not meant to do this, then I can go drive and pay my rent. Like Worst case scenario. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was just such a great, like, humbling experience. I can't even recall, like, the conversation with my parents, but I'm pretty sure it went something like, well, you'll figure it out because you don't have any other choice. <laughs> so um, beyond that, I just, I refreshed my portfolio. I just, I wasn't really planning on starting a business at that time. I was just looking for freelance to pay my rent. And I reached out to a couple of my previous employers that I still had great relationships with, and they were giving me contract work and overflow work. And I was like, I didn't realize this was a thing. It's like this underground like design market that like none of us really knew about that you could outsource like overflow work. And so I was getting a ton of that and was able to stay pretty busy. And beyond that, um, they started to trust me more. They brought me into more projects. Um, I was building my own client list at the time. And this was all just, I was saying I was a freelancer. And so with those agency relationships, they started actually passing me unqualified leads for their agency. So oh, wow. yeah, if they didn't fit within their, um, their budget, I mean, a lot of branding agencies, even us, like we have our, like, if you don't have at least X, then you need to go to the level down, you know, you know, mm -hmm. your limit. And so they would pass them to me. And I was just so like ecstatic and that they trusted me and I was building my clients. And eventually, I mean, I still do a lot of contract work for them, just one off personally, because I want to hold on to that relationship. Um, but I had my client list and I was just ecstatic. <laughs> And so beyond that, um, I mean, my freelance, I started gaining more and more traction. I started bringing in other creative business owners to do bigger projects. So um, custom WordPress builds was a big thing that I had come from in the branding agency world. And I wanted to do those for clients. I love like the website of design. And so I needed a developer. I needed a copywriter. I needed a photographer. And I was like, crap, where do I find these people? <laughs> and so I went back to my Rolodex. I mean, <laughs> you know, and 
found all of my contacts from all my previous jobs that had also gone out and done their own thing or were doing freelance from the side of their full-time job. And it was just incredible to see. I already knew these people because I've worked with them for years and I vetted them personally through going through these other experiences. And that's how Copper Heart Creative kind of just got its natural evolution. And then I realized, oh my gosh, I'm running a business. I'm not a freelancer. Like (laughs) I was still designing. I was still the main designer. Um, But it was when we got on a client call with one of our favorite clients, um, Allegro Marinade. And we were building their website, which I'm still obsessed with to this day. That was like our first big website build. And she, our developer got on the call and she was like, wait, are you Amber? And he's like, no, (laughs) I'm Adam. (laughs) And so, and she's like, are you Amber? She's like, no, I'm Carrie. And she's like, where's Amber? And I was like, hi, I'm Amber. And so I was like, dang it, we got to (laughs) rebrand. So now we say that Copperheart Creative is the umbrella brand for contractors and business owners to come together and operate like an agency. So based on the size of the project and based on the budget, um, we can bring in certain contractors and just become that immediate team where we're just referring each other business. And if our developer or if our copywriter gets a lead for, hey, like you're writing my bio and writing my website copy, but do you know anyone that can design this? She's like, oh, yep. And then she instantly brings them over to us. So it's been a really great evolution of just this like, network of passing business back and forth. So Latida, that was Copperheart Creative, just so natural. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really love that. And I think it it really does sound like it was a natural evolution from just you doing it to wanting to serve your clients in a bigger way, which is something that I could always kind of see um, when I would look at the Copperheart website, it is very clear because um, you do have services like at the bottom of here are the type of things we can do. And so you can tell that it's more than just design. It's more than just giving you a logo and a, a, just just a website, mm-hmm. I say with air quotes, because we all know it's not just a website design. Oh, yeah. So I think it's really awesome that it did kind of naturally turn into that. Yeah. And it leaves us the flexibility similar to any agency. Like if they get a request for SEO or like a specific type of photography, they're like, do you offer this? And of course, like a bigger agency is going to say yes. And then they're going to turn around and find a contractor to hire immediately. And Mm -hmm. so, I mean, it just allows us that flexibility. We can scale as large as we want or as small as we want based on the project. So we kind of fit to what the client needs and we're not coming in like, this is our base price, take it or leave it. We're like, tell us where you're at in your business. How long have you been around? And based on that, we can usually have a pretty good gauge of like what they need versus, you know, their budget, et cetera. So it's been really fantastic, honestly. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, like I said, I really love that. And um, you kind of answered my second question for you. So I'm going to ask you something that I, I didn't even tell you I was going to ask you. Um, but you mentioned that sometimes your the contractors may be doing something else for a, for a separate client, and then they say, "Oh, I I need design," and so that person may send them, you know, back to you. Um, I this may not be the case, and so that's totally okay to say so. But I know a lot of listeners are going to hear that and wonder. Do you do any sort of referral thing with the people that you're your team that you're working with? Or is it just um, something where you guys all love each other? You are already working together on projects. So there's not any kind of um, referral or fee that you're a like finder's fee that you're giving them for that uh, type of project like how it turns out like that? Mm, that's a great question. So I have a love-hate relationship with referral fees. Um, and I've heard so many different things. And I love like picking people's brains on this and like just hearing different business owners of what they do. And with our team, when they bring a client in, it essentially just becomes like we're giving them work constantly because we're doing more selling. And so they almost have this like proud moment that they're like, I caught one and I'm bringing it back, <laughs> you know? Um, so they're just so grateful more than anything that we can work on it as a team. And they get excited when they hear that, like that they're looking for more and they're like, I know exactly who to bring you to. Um, and of course, like my heart, my love language is, giving gifts and just like thoughtful thank you cards and everything. So I, of course, just love surprising them with like, thank you for bringing this in. Or like, I love sending flowers, like just, mm. it's not an expectation because then it becomes greed. And I just always am just a firm believer that like it all works out in the end, but also like we've built such strong relationships of feeding each other work and no one's going to like, I mean, and no hard feelings if we're not a good fit and they just really need just like someone fresh out of college that like just needs to make them like an InDesign document or just a quick business card, they know not to bring them to us. So like they, if it's bigger picture or like more of the branding aspect, then they're excited to bring them. So it just works out really well. And like I said, it becomes um, like a exciting surprise when you send them something nice and thoughtful for bringing in a client to the team versus an expectation of like, Hey, that was 3% of that sale. So how much did it end up being? Cause I want my check. And it's like, no one for mm -hmm. our team would say that side note, but it just becomes this like strange <laughs> expectation with referral fees. So we just, we like to appreciate them in different ways. So yeah, I really like that. And like I said, I wanted to kind of touch on it because I know a lot of people in our Facebook group have asked things like that. And I have kind of had that same situation with other uh, like colleagues, I guess you would say, in the design industry where um, I agree with you. I also think it's a lot easier in the long run to surprise someone with a small gift than stress over what is quote unquote fair to give them in terms of uh, a dollar amount for the project that you worked on, because I think that can get really um I think honestly, in the long run, that can be harder on a relationship, mm -hmm. the fairness than um, not giving them any money at all. Yeah. 
And tell me, like, would you rather get a $20 bill to, or like $20 to your Venmo account? Or would you rather get surprised with flowers on your doorstep? And you're just like, where did these come from? Like, I know if it were more money, I would understand like thousands of dollars of a referral, but we are not that type of business. Like you're, you'd be at like 50, maybe like 60 bucks a referral. Like it's just not worth mm-hmm. the headache. And yeah, it creates tension on both sides. Yep. Okay. So let's kind of move on here from that like sidetrack that I got us on. Um, So you talked about, you know, you were having to find these people who would do these other things to kind of help out with your clients. So I'm curious when you were just putting the feelers out and you were just saying, okay, I want to start working with a developer, a copywriter, a photographer. How did you find people that aligned really well with your values and then your goals overall as a business owner. So just finding people that really uh, you vibed with really well and trusted really well with your clients. Oh yeah. I'm very like protective of our clients and our team. So like once you're in my circle, don't you mess with anybody in my circle. (laughs) It's just like, I'm like mama hen. I put on my like hat and I'm just like back off. So to like vet for that, um, initially like starting, I had the relationships because I worked at a web design agency specifically. So I had a handful of developer friends, um, copywriters, like same thing, um, designers specifically. Um, we have like some junior designers that come on and help me with, um, like more production work, but also like the concept phase, um, which is super fun to bring someone on to have ideas to bounce off of. So I found a lot of those connections through, um, I'm heavily involved with my college alumni. And so I graduated from the School of Advertising Art in Kettering, Ohio. It's now called the Modern College of Design. And so I'm heavily involved with the talent that's coming out of there. A lot of them while they're looking for jobs or I mentor um, students as well. So I'm constantly like knowing who's coming up and who's coming out. And even people that graduated like two years ago, one of our contractors, um, she graduated and she went, moved to California and then she was in Toledo and now she works freelance and is one of our like top contractors and she was just like in a job she didn't love and she knew she could get consistent work from us and kind of create her own schedule similar to what I started as so I'm um with those specifically I can ask instructors I can ask like I have personal relationships with them so I'm like no tell me how they really were like do they need hand holding <laughs> what was their attitude like how good are they with certain aspects? And then too, when I'm interviewing or meeting them or grabbing coffee, I love doing it over margaritas because people get real honest when there's tequila in their system. <laughs> <laughs> so that's always fun. Um, but you can really get to know someone's heart by just sitting down with them and asking like, what's your goals? What's your intentions? Like, if you do want to run your own business, okay, well, like, Let's put some like parameters on this. Like this is Copper Hearts like entity. Like this is where this stops and this is where yours can start. Like clear lines that I got when I was starting my business doing contract work for other agencies as well. So it's just kind of that expectation that I like start from the beginning. And if they're like, well, I want to put all this work in my portfolio. So I'm out. 
it's like, okay, see ya. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's okay. Um, then it's not a good fit. But so going back to your question, a lot of them were from previous relationships with other jobs that I have had. Um, staying in touch with my college alumni because it was a design school specifically. And then also, too, I did a lot of um, industry networking. So Ladies Wine and Design, we have a Nashville chapter here, and I just love everyone in the group. Um, and it's been a really great like connector for copywriters. And I mean, there's so many different types of designers in there So, and creatives. So it's been really neat to just have that wide array. And then when clients come in um, requesting something, like if they're specifically, say, a health company, we just did branding for a kombucha brand and they're very big on health and like all natural. And I have a copywriter that is in my network that just crushes like all things health. And so I was immediately called her. I was like, Kimberly, I need you on this project. What are you doing right now? Like, let's talk about timeline budget, get this rolling. Like, are you interested? And of course she's just like, yes, I'd love that. So it's like working within people's strengths once they're in my circle and being able to like know what fuels people in that beginning um, tequila, quote unquote, meeting um, just to see like, I mean, you want to work on work that you love. That's why we all started our own businesses. So being able to give that back to them of like, hey, we just got this girly like jewelry brand. Like I know exactly who to bring on this project. So it's just knowing people and their strengths. Yeah, I think that's a really good, I think that's a really good point. And I think um, two things that you mentioned that stuck out to me was that you um, that you do have such a good relationship with your alum your alumni. Hope I'm not screwing that up because I don't have a good relationship with my alumnus or alumni or whatever. <laughs> um, so I do think that's a really good thing that especially if there's anyone listening to this episode where they're you know, a year or two years out of college, that's something to keep in mind. Um, Especially if you were a good student and you know you were a good student, then it can be beneficial to maintain those relationships with your professors because you never know they could turn into being the people who help you land your dream job. Um, And then something else that stuck out to me was the, um, what was it, ladies wine and design? Oh, yes. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think if you're looking for um, people that you want to work with you on a team and you would like to be able to have them be local to you, I'm sure there's groups like that all over the country and they may not be that same exact group, but I know like the AIGA would probably be another good another good organization you could tap if you were looking for creatives, designers to help kind of start building out your business and team members. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Networking locally just obviously makes sense. A lot of our contractors are here locally and then some beyond. But yeah, a lot of those were met in person. And then you're just like, I either want to be friends with you or I want to work with you or both. Like, (laughs) so (laughs) those are always good. Um, context but even too like how you said like you're not really necessarily close with your alumni there's a college here in Nashville called Watkins and then we have another one called O'More 
And mm-hmm. like, I didn't go to those schools, but I reached out to some of the professors when I was looking for like a design intern in the like last summer. Um, like, give me your best students. What you got? Like anybody looking for flexible schedule? And it was just like, they were, their eyes lit up. They're like, are you serious? Like, yes, <laughs> we'll give you all of our students. Like, here's their names, emails. Like they just want to help their kids like get their dream job too. So even if it's not necessarily tied to you, like even a, like a bigger school like Vanderbilt, I'm sure they have a design program. So um just reaching out to those instructors that I'm pretty sure all their contact information is online publicly. So (laughs) email never killed anybody. So (laughs) or they can say is no. (laughs) Yep. That's a really good point. Or they could not even respond. And if regardless, if they have a negative response or no response, you just keep on rolling, find somebody else. Oh yeah. Copy paste (laughs) that email, send it to somebody else. (laughs) Yep. Change out their name. So, Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Please make sure you change out their name because man, I have been guilty of forgetting to change the name. And then I feel really guilty the second I realize that after I hit send. <laughs> the the curses of canned emails. <laughs> oh gosh, I know. Um, so when I was uh, chatting with Krista about the things we were going to ask you, one of the things she was curious about are If there were any lessons you learned, um, I don't want to frame this in a negative way, but if there were any good or maybe hard lessons you learned when you were kind of building out that um, network of contractors that you work with that maybe other people should keep in mind and uh, try to avoid or try to achieve. (laughs) So when we're vetting out people and bringing them into my team, our team, we're always trying to be careful of making sure that we're vetting them clearly and setting the clear expectations. We sign the contract, but not everyone reads contracts. And sometimes that comes and bites you. I have knock on wood, never had anything (laughs) yet, but we've had some times where we would maybe try a contractor and there was a lot of handholding. It wasn't really what we saw in their portfolio Um, so you just don't work with them again. Like they're Mm -hmm. not an employee that you hired for 90 days and you have to kick the boot and like you spent all this time onboarding them and it's all this headache. That's like the glamour of, you know, what we do. Like we can, again, bring our team as big or as small. And essentially after learning lessons like that, which I love to call those learning lessons, um, Mm -hmm. you just don't hire them again or you kind of let them know. I love doing um, recap calls after we launch projects and we go, we bring all of our contracts contractors on a call and we just talk about like what went smoothly, what we could do better. And then making sure that all of our contractors work good together. Um, Cause there is a lot of like revolving door when you have your developers working with different copywriters and this is how we like copy delivered, but you can't really, there's a fine line between a contractor and an employee And so you Mm -hmm. have to really, really be careful of that. So I have like very clear guidelines when I'm like meeting them too of like, we will not tell you when to work. We will not tell you how to do X, Y, Z. Like this is your timeline, your job, but just we need what you're going to deliver by X date. And the only part with that that comes back on me is like, if they don't deliver by X date, I'm the one 
getting my butt chewed by the client. Mm -hmm. And I'm the one with the reputation out on the line. But I've vetted our current team so intensely. And so like, I love every single person on our team. I know their kids. I know their birthdays. I know their addresses (laughs) because they get little gifts all the time. But like, I know (laughs) they're part of my family. And so I know for a fact that I can trust them. But you do have to be careful when you're building relationships and letting people into your business of how far you let them into your business of their contractor, not an employee and protecting yourself and being kind and opening your heart to like your process and your team and um, the flow of how you design. And, um, but also keeping your guard semi closer to your heart of just letting yourself know, like, this is my boundary and you just crossed it. And Mm -hmm. like letting that be clear as you, because it's your business at the end of the day, it's your reputation, it's your bank account. So Mm -hmm. It gets a little harder, but like I said, we just, I, I freaking love every person on our team so much. <laughs> I hope they listen to this and hear that part. And they listen to that every morning when they're getting started on their day. <laughs> oh, yes. Girl, you know I'm sending them this right after we're done. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I do think that's a really good point, though. That's a risk when you're just doing that for the very first time. And I think when you're building a team, unfortunately, that's a risk you have to take if that's what you do. Like, I know I am a perfectionist. I really care about every single detail, like all those things. And that's one of the reasons I have, I I can't let go of control, which is why I've never been able to take that leap. Um, But if you're okay with that, you just have to find somebody that you trust the most that you, like you said, you've vetted really well. So, um, and then you just have to go for it. And if it doesn't work out, that's totally okay. There are lots and lots of designers. If you're looking for a junior designer, there's lots of developers, lots of copywriters. Like there's so many of all the different positions out there that just because one person didn't work out doesn't mean that somebody else won't. Absolutely. And you said something there, like the control thing is a big, 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 big reason why the only reason why we can have a team is because we're hiring creative business owners, not creative mm-hmm. freelancers. So they, this is their butt on the line too. They take it personally. Like Copperheart Creative is essentially like a client to them. And so even though we're doing like the big process together, um, their reputation that they have on the line is for me and my perceiving of them, which Mm-hmm. They take pride in their work. They're they're also perfectionists and they're the professional. Like if you read my copywriting, <laughs> you'd be like, girl. <laughs> like <laughs> even my Instagram posts, like they write like I like I talk. And so I can't write marketing copy for your homepage. Like, mm-mm. But <laughs> but she can and she's damn good at it, you know? So trusting your mm-hmm. team that they're the professional will allow you to grow and like release things. If you try to write your own copy, like, oh my gosh, no way. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> oh goodness. Okay, so let's transition into the second part of uh, the questions I had for you, and that's all about local clients. So I'm gonna kind of skip in here and say or ask, how did you get your very first local client, which is probably through the agencies that you worked with? And um, also, does Copperheart only work with local clients? Yeah, so uh, you can't answer that first one, but yes, we the, my first couple <laughs> clients were that were local and remote were from those agencies. Um, beyond that, um, it's not a parameter that you have to be in the Nashville, greater Nashville area. Um, we love working with clients from all over, but it just happens that when you plant your roots in an area, it's going to grow. So we work, I would say probably, I think I told you in our previous conversation, it was like 60% are like here in Nashville. And then about 30% are in my hometown, which I'm still like, I visit very often. I'm very much involved in the community, super small town. So when you leave and move away and you become a graphic designer, everyone knows about it. And so um, I love those Facebook messages where it's like, hey, I need a logo. It's like, this is like a business. This is like, okay. All right. Cool. Um, And then 10% are remote. So there's actually like two clients that are in the East Coast, like um, New Jersey, and then on the West Coast that I'm like, on my bucket list, like next trip to go out and visit them, but I haven't met them yet. And it just kills me inside, but I feel like I know them because we've gone through this whole process with them. But so the big grunt of it is like here locally. So that totally makes sense. It's like you said, when you, I feel like once you start with one and then once you kind of start putting your feelers out for others or start building those connections with other um, like local contractors and other businesses, like you uh, said, you've done, it's natural that it will grow beyond just the one client. Yeah. And a lot of that comes from networking too. I mean, I try to at least go to one networking event, if not a week, every other week, depending on how busy and how social I feel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So a lot of that comes from like being a member in business owner groups specifically. So there's a um, women business owner group here in Nashville called the Society of Women Business Owners, who's also a client of ours. So I've had so many clients come from that. Also NABO, which is a national women business owners group and love them. Like I just got involved with them and the chamber, like your local chamber, um, going to those networking events and introducing yourself. The moment they find out you're creative and not like working at like payroll or like insurance, they're like, whoa, (laughs) you're cool. Let's grab coffee. Like... (laughs) I mean, going to the networking events outside of your comfort zone. I mean, the first networking event uh, that I went to, and I didn't know a soul there. I love having a buddy to go with because it's less scary. Um, And she's in a completely different industry. It doesn't even matter. Like you're at a business owner event or a chamber, like you're one in the same essentially. So um, when I went, I like pulled up. And there was like a bunch of like a group of like maybe 50, 60 year old men in suits walking into this building. And I was like sitting in my car like, okay, okay, three, two, one, go. And I just like, I 
one walked right past and kind of looked at me and smiled and I was like hi I'm Amber like are you going to the thing and I just walked in with like all these new friends but I would have probably avoided them because they didn't look like me or as like a creative we just kind of like it's easier to talk to creatives so getting out of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. and network with business owners especially local ones um it's bound to turn into um relationships and then it's bound to turn into sales or referrals so that's the part that people usually skip is that relationship part and not going to like local networking events and being like you look like you need to be branded here's my card you look like you need a logo here's my card like you're not mm-hmm. going there to like get clients you're going there to build relationships to get referrals to get to build your business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just like online. You can't just uh, walk up to someone and be like, hi, your whole design really sucks. So I want to redo it. You can't just do that online and you can't do it in person either. So you mentioned um, that you work with people in your hometown in Ohio, even though you live and work with most of your clients in Nashville. So I'm curious how uh, those projects look differently since you aren't able to um, easily meet in person if you need to kind of like on a whim. And this actually ties into another question. So I'm going to kind of loop these together um, is do you have a lot of in-person meetings and uh, how do you kind of handle boundaries with those? The differentiation between our Ohio clients kind of loops in with the, our other clients as well with the ones that I haven't met yet, but also it's better because those are the ones that I can pop in. A lot of them are local businesses that are open pretty often, like a brewery, a coffee shop. Like I can just pop in and be like, hey, I'm in town. And like, of course, you know, Corey, I have like goodies with me that like just love to <laughs> surprise people with gifts. So um you know, that allows that relationship to be more personal. And then when we need to talk business, we can hop on a call um, or schedule something out. But for the most part, I mean, if I know that they're coming to onboard, I'll schedule a specific trip to go up there to kick off if I'll, if it's convenient for both parties. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes clients don't even have time to meet in person and I want to respect their schedule too. So um you know, that works for both local and distant. If you're only, if you're working a full-time job and you're starting a business and we're branding that new business and they're working with like contractors, architects to like build out their business, they're like, I don't have time to sit down and like talk for four hours. Like I just need someone to get started. (laughs) So we give them the homework beforehand and we'll do the call. Um, But then, like I said, when I am in town or I am in the area, I'll always make a point to go like either introduce myself if I haven't met them yet or just create that like connection outside of behind a computer screen so that they're like, Mm -hmm. she's so nice. Like just like (laughs) popping in with gifts and chocolate. How sweet (laughs) is she? Like, (laughs) And you say that perfectly with the Southern accent that I'm sure there are some clients even in Ohio that have. (laughs) Oh, yes. Bless her heart. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. So what would you say is one um, unexpected benefit that you have seen um, 
that of working with local clients that makes it really, really exciting and like fuels that wanting to continue working with local clients? It's kind of a selfish reason, but I'm going to say it anyways and just hope that y'all don't judge me because I know you feel the same way. Local clients, (laughs) like we all get the perks from them. Like, I mean, Mm. they are so honored to have you be designing their brand that, or like working with them that they're like, come on in, like anytime, just pop in. And, um, we also just like, there's nothing more satisfying than driving down the road and being like, I designed that logo. That's, that's my logo up there on that sign on that door (laughs) or like going to, um, we just design a co-working space. And so being able to work from that co-working space and sit at a desk and just look up and see like that huge sign of the logo that I did. Like I did that. We did that. We (laughs) all did that. So it's like the most like selfish kind of reason, but then also to, (laughs) you get to support their business. I mean, we support businesses even when they're not local. Um, one of our clients is a jewelry company and I'm always buying them like gifts for mother's day or friends birthdays from them, like just to support them. And then another one of our clients, the Allegro marinade. I mean, um, you can buy the stuff online, but I go to my local Kroger and I let my, like, uh, the marketing director know like, Hey, I just supported this Kroger. And I add like the store number and she's like, Oh my God. So I feel like supporting, you know, just whether it's local or not, um, it's just more fun local because you can have that face-to-face connection. But I know for a fact that when I tell her that I went to Kroger and picked up like a case of their marinade and cleaned it off the shelf, she's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so great. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, just supporting each other. That's just the funnest part and getting to see your work in the wild. It's like the best. <laughs> Yeah, no, I can totally see that, especially um, I remember, I don't know if you posted this on your Instagram or if it was the Copper Heart, but um, you were on a train ride and you saw a business that you had worked with or something like that, like to be able to actually see, cause I do feel like so many of us just create stuff that's only seen on the internet, but to have those local clients where you're able to build out more than just a website, you're able to actually do like a storefront or, uh, labels or tags for something like, yeah, that's amazing to be able to hold it or see it in person. It's such a good feeling. Oh yeah. I, I'm not a mom yet, but I can imagine it's probably like a small percentage of what that feels like to like be in, like hold your, whatever, like you've been working on for so long and it's just like in real life and you're like, Oh my God, it's so great. <laughs> I'm laughing really hard because as a mom, I can tell you it's probably a smaller percentage than you think of that you could compare <laughs> in, a, in a good, I'm laughing in a good way, but I do, I do agree with you. I think it is a really awesome, um, and a, a, that's a really funny comparison to make. <laughs> hey, I told you, I'm not a mom yet. This, I just would assume that's what it feels like. <laughs> that's the only thing I have to relate to it right now. My business is my baby right now. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so 
Yes. Uh, so if a listener wanted to uh, start working with businesses local to them, um, you've talked about kind of networking, going to local meetings, that sort of thing. Is that what you would consider your biggest piece of advice in terms of getting those local clients in the door is just start getting out there and building those relationships? Yeah. I mean, 100%. And I think the hardest part is getting what you just said, getting out there. And by getting out there, it means closing your laptop, which means that you're not working for a second, but you are, you just have to put on your salesperson hat or your relationship hat. And I actually started logging my hours for how often I'm out there doing the selling. And then when we land new clients that were networking, like from a direct networking event or from a networking lead and referral, then I can see that return of my time. Um, But yeah, definitely networking and building relationships, not really expecting anything out of it. Just people work with, uh, they hire people that they know, like, and trust. One of my favorite um, friends that is a business owner says that, and that's just so true. You build with, or you work with people that you love and like and want to be friends with in real life because then you know the process will be easy. And so that goes for same like if you're at a new restaurant and you can clearly tell that they did not have branding done. Like don't shove your business card in the check and be like, hey, can you give this to the owner? Like I'd really love to talk to them. But having just asking politely, like, is the owner here? And if they walk out, be like, that was the most fantastic meal I've ever had. Like, I am so just welcome to the community. We just want to come support you. And I guarantee one of his questions will be, tell me what you do. And I guarantee it every time. And you don't have to say like, I do branding and web design um, for businesses. And I would love to brand yours. If you just say I do branding and web design, I guarantee his eyes will light up and be like, oh, you need my card. Hold on one second. Let me be right back. Mm -hmm. Like people know what branding is and they know that they need it now. And whether they just built or it's a new business, a lot of the chamber and the perks of being involved in the chamber is they come out with announcements of like businesses that are coming soon. And there are also email addresses are available online if you can find it. (laughs) And I'm a big fan of just not cold calling because that feels icky, but, um, you know, just sending them an email, like, welcome to the community. I saw like that you are guys you're building right now. And I just want to say congratulations. I know just starting is the hardest part and you don't have to say I do branding and web design and I'd love to sit down and meet you for coffee. Just 20 minutes of your time. Like, Oh no, but they'll (laughs) see branding in your footer of your website or like in your, they'll be like, Amber at Copperheart Creative, they'll see who it comes from and you know they're going to look at your website. So being less salesy and having less like intentions with just celebrating other people's wins will just happen naturally and those becoming clients. So I don't know if that answered your question. I think I just got off on a rant, but... That's no, no, I think that was, <laughs> I think that was really great. And I do think it's such a good point um, that even people who aren't interested in taking local clients, like we talked about this, you kind of have to, um, you do have to stop working and take the time and um, 
just build relationships with other people. Even if you're like, if you're listening to this and you're like, I have no interest in working with local clients. Number one, why are you listening to the end of this episode? <laughs> and number two, yeah. And number two, you can still build those type of relationships with other business owners that you find on Instagram. You can send them a DM. You can comment on their stuff. You can send them a quick email. Like, and, and genuinely, like you said, don't come at it with a sales a salesy thing at all, just work on building a relationship with them. And if they need you, they will come to you. Um, or you never know, just having that kind of relationship with someone, uh, may turn into a referral. Like it's just, it's little things and you don't have to always be selling yourself Mm -hmm. and just being yourself sells way better than trying too hard. People can smell Mm -hmm. desperation a million miles away. And if you don't yep. need them as a client, but you'd love a new friend, like, psh, that's way better. We actually even had, like, with our online ones, one of our clients had had a logo done. Um, and I just commented on one of their Instagram things that popped up in my feed. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I love your new logo. Um, it's so beautiful. Like, I can appreciate the aesthetics. Like, way to go. Great job on the launch. And they were like, hey, do you do websites? And I was like, Yes. <laughs> they were like, well, all we got was a logo and I would love to, if we could talk about a website. And I was like, oh crap. Okay. I mean, like, if yep. you want to, no pressure. <laughs> so yeah, just being like, whether it's online, in person, or just fly by. I mean, people appreciate kindness and authenticity. <laughs> All right. So we are going to wrap up here. My last question for you is just where can our listeners go to learn more about you and what you offer and keep up with you and Copper Heart online? Yes. So our big one that we update all the time is our Instagram. We're very active on there and try to keep up with behind the scenes and like what we're working on. Um, So our Instagram handle is at Copper Heart Creative. And then our website is uh, copperheartcreative.com. And that's where all of our work is. And we're actually revamping that right now. So we're super excited to be sharing all of our new branding work that we've just been cranking out and working with incredible businesses. So um, mainly on Instagram and we'd love to connect. Also personally, I'm Am Brand Design. And uh, that's more of my a lot of running pictures and my fiance (laughs) and a lot of margaritas. So (laughs) take your pick. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much again for being on today. And I know people are are just going to love this episode and they are going to love you so much. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I, if they have any questions, feel free to reach out and I'd be happy to just kind of give more pointers and just always excited to help. Uh, other designers because I know so many have helped me so absolutely thank you so much for listening for show notes past episodes and more information about the two of us visit us online at getbacktodesign.co if you enjoyed today's show it would mean the world to Krista and I if you take two minutes to head on over to iTunes and leave a review While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available. Now put what you learned into action so you can streamline and grow your business, ditch the code, and get back to design.